how bad do you want it? Are you hungry? In the words of the great Les Brown. And then the C, I'm gonna quadruple click. They even give you some bonuses. Are you confident? Do you have the courage? Are you able to communicate verbally and written and listen? Do you care? It's the give a damn factor. And then last but not least, are you committed? This is Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast, here to help go-to-market leaders do one thing, stop guessing. If you're ready to unlock reality and reach your full potential, this podcast is for you. I'm Danny Wasserman. And I'm Karina Owens, coming to you from the Gong Studios. Well, I can tell you and the rest of the listeners, this episode was so much fun. And I can only tell that because I got a taste of our guest, Larry Long Jr., and unexpectedly had to miss the episode at the 11th hour. But tell us, what did you and Larry cover? I have to believe there was no shortage of enthusiasm. Not only is there no shortage of enthusiasm with Larry, there's no shortage of experience. His resume is a mile long, probably much longer than that. He is a sales acceleration coach, a performance coach. He is an author of his own book called Jolt. And as you will very clearly see, whether you watch, which I do recommend, uh, based on the many props Larry brought to the episode, but if you just listen to the episode, you'll also hear it too. He is the CEO of LLJR Enterprises, which he considers chief energy officer. And man, does that show in the episode, right, Danny? I am still feeling the reverberations across the universe from Larry Long Jr. <laughs> And not only that, we are so honored that Larry was able to join us to help us as we kick off Black History Month. He was so generous to share his perspective with us on being a Black man, being a Black man in sales. And a lot of that also ties to part of why he wanted to bring in the legacy of not only him, but his father in his book. So I really can't wait for you guys to dig into this one. It is a beautiful episode. So lucky to have had Larry on. Danny, what do you think? Should we just get into it? Buckle up. Here we go. Larry Long Jr., welcome to the pod. We're so thrilled to have you. Oh, wow. Thank you for passing me to Mike Karina. I am happy to be here. Oh, this is going to be a great chat. A great chat. I'm so excited. You have just such a vast experience with selling. And you have learned so much over the years about how sellers operate, how to coach them, how to motivate them. I'm curious before we get into, because there's a lot I want to unpack about how to do that in this current climate, particularly. But before we get into that, can you kind of tell me Larry Long Jr.'s journey? Like, what led to your success here? There's so much, but I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Okay. As a youngster, I moved around, lived in Alabama, Illinois, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, was born in Maryland. Moved back to Maryland for middle school, high school, played baseball at University of Maryland for the Turks, go Turks. But moving around, my favorite song, well, actually it was my theme song, was Make New Friends But Keep the Old. One is silver while the other's gold. So I had to learn how to adapt, how to be in new environments, uncomfortable environments, mm -hmm. and having that support of my parents, of the community. I was just fortunate and blessed. So that really set the foundation as I played baseball at University of Maryland, 
I learned so much. And then transitioning to the working world, the professional world, I was able to take all of those lessons learned, being flexible, being adaptable, being able to work with people from different backgrounds and different beliefs. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that those were some of the keys uh, my success and I'm still a work in progress. Come on, Karina. Yeah, I believe that too. And I very similarly have been in very uncomfortable situations in life and it's made me really learn how to adapt, but also how to influence people. And I think that's super crucial in sales. So what would you also say that you have learned from your journey about the power of influence and maybe what are some of your like favorite success stories of how you've won somebody over that just was not willing to give you the time of day or the, the time that you deserve. Yeah. Well, when you talk about influence and some people might say influence is sales and leadership, but I think it starts right here in the heart because people we're, we're all in the people business. We're all selling people. Mm. Hmm, they can smell BS from a mile away. They can tell if you're not being true and authentic. Authentic. They can tell whether you really believe in what you're saying. And you can you can fool some people, but you can't fool everyone yeah. all the time. But when you're authentic, it just allows you to have success. So some of my best success stories are some of the reps that I've had the opportunity to coach, to guide, to lead, to influence, to impact. And something that I've noticed is the self-doubt. A lot of times these are top performers. But you ask them and you listen to their self-talk. Whoa, come on now. They beat themselves up. And it's like, hey, you have so much greatness inside of you. And I wrote a book called Joe. Get zapped into intentionality, rediscover, and believe in your inner greatness. And that's, I mean, I'll give you the example of Nathan Bird. The Birdman. What happened to that boy? He's from Nantwich, England. He was one of my sales, one of my BDRs at a company called Channel Advisor. And he was a success on the soccer pitch. I hope I got my vernacular right. I, I wouldn't say soccer field, but I think they call it a pitch. But transitioning <laughs> to corporate America, it was a huge transition yeah. and it can be daunting. Well, we worked with Nathan to say, hey, all the things that made you a success on the soccer pitch are now going to make you a success in the boardroom professionally. And for him, I'll never forget, his word was relentless because you're going to get boffed over the head. You're going to get a lot of no's in sales. You're going to get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, I got the boxing gloves out. But if you are relentless, can't stop, won't stop. If you are disciplined, which Nathan was, there's no mystery why he had success. And now he's a sales leader at Channel Advisor doing big things. Congrats, Nathan. I know you're about to go on a President's Club trip, Aww. making me proud. And that's got to be one of my proudest examples of influence and, and impacting and working with a sales talent. Well, I'm really glad you brought that up because your book, Jolt, that to me, that's when I was like, okay, this is who Larry is, right? Uh, you're about bringing out the best in others, helping everybody realize their own greatness. Um, but we are often our own worst enemies. I certainly know I am. I put on a front to the world of like extreme confidence and I can handle anything. But inside, I tear myself to shreds. But it's stuff like what you put in your book. And there's another really great author, author called Nilfra Merchant. 
she wrote the book called The Power of Onlyness, and I recommend it to everybody because it recognizes that everybody has something unique to offer the world. Everybody. Yes. Yeah. And you truly, fully believe that. So let's dig into that a little bit further. Um, you know, we're, we're in a really difficult environment right now in several ways, not just from how our tech companies doing, how our sellers doing, but the world is experiencing just crisis we can't imagine. And we're receiving this information at a rate that our brains are not like wired to comprehend. It's overwhelming. We break down, we shut down. So knowing that, knowing your role, knowing that you still have to hit those business objectives, how do can sales leaders scale positivity across the organization like you do? It starts with them. And we all are impacted. You're not alone, Karina, in terms of being your harshest critic. A lot of times, top performers are very tough on themselves. And with that, you can use that to your advantage. So for the sales leaders, I'm a big believer that tough people are greater than tough times. It's been, you can look at countless examples of that. It starts with you making sure all your ducks are in order because it's kind of like kids. I've got two of them, a 13-year-old and a nine-year-old. They're always watching and they're in tune with, once again, is do you really believe that we're going to be okay or are you just blowing smoke and BSing me? Right. Because you can't fool. Once again, people, they're smart. They're smarter than you think. So uh, my question to leaders is what are you doing to, to show that you care about your people? What actions, specific actions are you taking? Everyone talks. I care about my team. Mm -hmm. When was the last time you wrote a handwritten note to let someone that you were thinking about them? When was the last time that you send them a voice message, a video message that was meaningful, that was tailored and customized? Mm. And if you think about it from a sales perspective, we're selling internally as leaders. Even though we're selling our products, our services outside, internally with our team, we're selling our thoughts, our ideas, our philosophy, our mission, our vision, our values. So many times I see core values. They look good. Yeah, they look great on the wall. But when I look at how you're living, you're not living your core values. So I'm asking the leaders, are you living your core values on a consistent basis? Now, no one is perfect. Are you vulnerable? Yeah. And letting your team know, hey, my bad. I messed up. Will you forgive me? I'm going to do better. I'm open to feedback. And not only am I listening to the feedback, but I'm actually implementing. I'm taking action on that feedback because so many times we know what we should be doing, but there's a disconnect between what we actually do and what we should be doing. It's kind of like me. I know I'm not supposed to eat fried chicken, but Karina, guess what time it is? It's bow time. It's Bojangles chicken and biscuit time. So I just encourage all the leaders in name and all the leaders that don't have the title to lead by example, mm. to show through your actions that you care. Yeah. I want to dig into that because we speak so much to what leaders should be doing. And I want you to dig into what maybe the younger generation that maybe hasn't had an example of what true leadership looks like. There's this word that you use called the power of proximity. How can young aspiring leaders or soon-to-be leaders 
how can they use the power of proximity to benefit them if it's not happening within their own organization? Once again, you got to seek it out. You got to find it because there's movers and shakers. There's A players that are, pardon my French, doing the damn thing that are in your community. And if it's not in your physical community, we have so many resources now at our fingertips. I mean, we've got, I've got a walking encyclopedia on my phone that I take with me. So my encouragement to young leaders and experienced leaders is to seek out those spaces, those environments, those places that other drivers, that other successful and successful and looking to be even more successful folks hang out. Because the power of proximity, you can you can use that for the bad. Mm. And those are the people on the block that are up to no good. And guess what? If you hang with them, you're going to be up to no good. Or you can use it for the positive. Who are those people that are doing well, doing great things and striving to do even better? How can you intentionally, how can you thoughtfully put yourself in those spaces and those places not just to absorb, you certainly want to absorb, you want to listen, you want to learn, and you also want to contribute. You want to be a part of the mix. Now, you should be listening more than you're talking because that's when you learn, that's when you grow. And we all know when you learn, you earn. And when you grow, you get better. I mean, leaders are readers. What are you reading? What was the last book that you read? I think there was a study that showed a crazy percentage of people don't read a book after they finish school. So it's like after college, people don't read. It's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. There's so much to learn. So if you're serious, yeah. and that's a big if, mm-hmm. if you're not serious, it's okay. Continue being an amateur. It's amateur hour. But if you're a true professional, your actions are going to show that, hey, you're operating like a professional. You're looking for those opportunities to get better. Absolutely. I'm one of those people that's, I love reading, but I instantly get distracted by another podcast or a documentary or what what have you. But I am constantly trying to consume a variety of different information because I want my critical thinking skills to be sharp. And I think that that's something that we're really missing in today's society. And even in internal organizations is the power of critical thinking. What advice would you give to help people center and stay in a good mindset and stay true to their core values and intentions, maybe even when their company or their environment isn't adhering to what they said they would? Well, you you, you got to control the controllables. And uh, I can't control what the organization, what my environment, what they do. I can control my emotions. I can control my actions and my attitude. I can control how I treat other people outside of that. I really can't control. So you talked about standard and what you value. What do you value? I encourage you to think through what is your core mission as an individual, as a professional? What is your mission, your vision, your values, your principles that you stand on? And once you have that identified, hopefully documented, now you can put together the gate plan of what daily activities, what routines uh, are you going to strive for? You can open up your calendar and say, hey, I realize that I need some quiet time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to budget in my calendar 
I'm going to solidify that this is my quiet time. This is my workout time. This is my meditation time. Hopefully not hot yoga. I almost died doing hot yoga. I, I didn't realize you were supposed to hydrate 48 hours in advance. I was in there. I almost died. But finding what works for you, your faith, your spirituality, your family, that presence of being with family, of being with friends. We know it's so important. Those relationships are so critical. But once again, knowing isn't the same as doing. Mm. Financially, it's that dreaded B word. What's your budget? Do you understand that it's simple math? What comes in and what goes out determines your budget. It's kind of like your diet and your fitness. What goes in and you consume is generally what comes out. And that's not just food, but it's also what are you listening to? Yeah. What are you reading? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Jim Rohn said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. Have you done an audit of those five people that you spend the most time with? Because sometimes you got to do some, some pruning. You got to do some spring cleaning. So uh, it's encouraging folks, especially the early in their career folks, to be intentional, to be mindful. Sometimes you got to stop and smell the roses, but you got to slow down to speed up yes. and actually put your thought into it. Yes. If you just go with the flow, who knows where you're going? It's kind of like sailing without a compass. Mm -hmm. If I was trying to sail from New York to Africa and I didn't have a compass, I would probably lose my way and end up in the North Pole chilling with Santa Claus and trying to get to the homeland. But how am I over here in the North Pole? You got to have a compass and you've got to use that compass to direct your past and direct those daily activities that you're doing consistently. I love that point you're making because I think too for young sellers, they're prescribing to maybe an older methodology of sales that their boss is pressing down on them. Make those 100 dials, you know, do these templated emails, drop those mass non-personalized outreaches, call them during dinner time, et cetera. So it's hard because you want to prove yourself and you want to get, show those metrics. But I think especially in these times, we have to be more considerate of how we are approaching potential future customers. So from that perspective, what would be the number one advice you would say to sellers and sales leaders to reach their metrics, but do it with the right mentality and the right intentionality? Yeah, well, it's, it's understanding the why behind it. And... Um... <laughs> When I was younger, I would ask my mom why, and she said, because I said so. Well, at some point, that was no longer a valid answer. I love you, mom, but I really need to understand the why. It's like you called it the critical thinking. Yeah. So I encourage young sellers, yes, when you're in someone else's sandbox, you got to play by their sandbox rules. And there's nothing that says that you can't add additional things that you're going to try in the sandbox. So if I have to make 100 calls, I'm going to make 100 calls. I'll, my first uh, professional selling experience, it was 150 calls every day. I'll never forget, I made 148 calls. Got called into the boss's office. I thought I was about to get a raise. He said, uh-uh. He said, Larry, our expectation is 150. You made 148. If you do that again, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I said, ooh, savage. But I didn't miss 150 calls after that. But essentially, you got to try new things. Yeah. You, I encourage you to leverage other avenues, whether that's social, mm. whether that's snail mail, whether that's you putting in a referral strategy 
And ultimately, you've got ideas, creative ideas that haven't even been thought of. Go ahead and give it a try. My friend Melissa Murray Bailey used to be the CRO at Hootsuite. She calls it Giant. Mm. She told her sales team, give it a try. Aww. And when you have that entrepreneurial spirit where, hey, I'm going to follow your rules and I'm going to bring my own entrepreneurial spirit in, I call it epic. Essentially, the E is that entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurs know you get out of it what you put into it. Uh, the P is preparation, planning. I'm not sure if Allen Iverson is listening in, but yes, we're talking about practice. The I is that internal drive and desire. How bad do you want it? Are you hungry, in the words of the great Les Brown? And then the C, I'm going to quadruple click. They even give you some bonuses. Are you confident? Mm -mm. Do you have the courage? Are you able to communicate verbally and written and listen? Do you care? It's the give a damn factor. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, are you committed? And that's a tough question right there. Tony Robbins says, essentially, successful people ask the toughest questions. Therefore, they get the best answers. If you ask yourself that question, am I committed? And you're true with yourself. I think we might open up some things. I can tell you, writing a book is tough. Yeah. And I work with a coach. Who's your coach? Who's your mentor or mentors? My coach asked me, Larry, are you committed? And if so, why? It's passing on the legacy of my father. Chapter seven, lessons from my dad. Me setting my legacy for my kids and my grandchildren to know what Larry Long Jr. stood for, how he operated, how he thought. It's to spread my message from people that will never hear me speak, but hopefully they'll see the words in my book and be inspired and actually be transformed to take action and stop noodling. I mean, there are, there's a lot of people that are noodlers. Yep. And there's some people that are listening to this, watching this right now, that are noodling. Oh, I want to open up that restaurant. Uh, I want to launch my own consulting. Uh, I want to give it a try in terms of my strategy on the phone, but I'm noodling on it. I'm scared. Let's go. I'm here to give you a jolt. For you to actually step into it and give it a try. Let's rock and result. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And that just goes back to your intention. You want to leave that legacy behind. And so you are intentional and committed to writing that book. Uh, you definitely have inspired me. We'll be releasing this episode during Black History Month. And I am here to listen and to learn. So I would love to learn from you what does Black History Month mean to you? I'm going to speak straight from the Please. heart. Black History Please. Month is a great start. But Black history is all year. It's 365 days. The history of African Americans all around the world. So it's good that we recognize it. Kind of crazy that we recognize it on the shortest month. I mean, <laughs> let's add it up. 28 days, 29. But it, it is a good start. And it provides an avenue for folks to learn, for folks to be uh, exposed to the, the great achievements of, of Blacks around the world. Now, I say it's a good start because there's still more work, a whole lot more work to do where Black history is history. Yep. It's history. But it, it is meaningful that there is a special recognition for Black history, so I don't want to downplay that at all. I don't think you are. But I actually want to amplify that 
we need to do more. And that's all of us, myself included. Me included. Your listeners, your viewers. There, there's always more that we can do uh, when it comes to Black history, when it comes to really arming ourselves with knowledge and understanding uh, of history, what's going on, the present, as well as what the future looks like. I've got a 13-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter. I'm concerned about what the future is going to look like for their benefit, for my grandchildren to be for their benefit. And essentially, I'm on a mission to just make sure the world is a better place tomorrow than it is today. Thank you. And you're right. It's uh, unfortunate that it needed to even be recognized as a month, but you're right. It's a start and change is hard, uh, especially when we're unwilling to accept change, but it's a start and we need to do more. And I hope this episode has a tiniest impact of helping to do a little bit more. What historical Black icon do you relate to or look up to? I've got to go back to my elementary school days. I used to write book reports uh-huh. on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, but essentially, the impact that he had, the lives that he changed, the policies, the process, the, just the humanity, he, he had an impact and a transformational impact. Without him, there would be progress, but he moved that needle both through life as well as in death. So that's someone that I truly admire from the public sector. I know you asked for one, but personally, I got to recognize my dad, Larry Long, Larry Long Sr., Shorty Long. He had an impact on me as well as the others uh, that he impacted. He worked at the Department of Veterans Affairs. And so many times, folks, hey, I can't really impact the world. Well, I'm here to say survey says you can definitely impact the world by just touching one person in a positive manner, by lifting someone up. You talked about making sure people feel seen and heard and valued. You can do that in your community. You can do that within your household, within your family, within your friend group, within your colleagues. We have so many opportunities to do that each and every day that sometimes we miss out on those little opportunities, quote unquote, that are really the big opportunities. Mary, you really embody that. I, I truly mean that. I, I've listened to a lot of um, uh, your LinkedIn lives and uh, your webinars and your speaking engagements. You really embody that. And Appreciate and that's what keeps us from being siloed, right? That's what brings us together. Um, so thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, it's having more than a ripple effect. I appreciate that. That means a lot. And I, I encourage all of your listeners all of your viewers to realize that you as well have the power to impact change, to impact transformation, and to touch a person as well as people's lives through your actions, through your words. It's uh, Maya Angelou, I love her quote, people will forget what you say. People will forget even what you do. They will never forget how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. So the question I'm asking is, how are you making people feel right now? Yeah. Your colleagues, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your community. How are you making people feel? You're making them feel some type of way. It's either here or womp womp. It's there. I mean, there really is 
no in between. In between is wah wah. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you, people, uh, make them feel good, make them feel seen, heard, valued. Yeah. Larry, you have really touched me on a personal note today. I feel honored to have had the opportunity to have you on our show. Thank you for everything you're doing for us. I have one final question for you, but before I ask that, you have a lot coming up. You've got something coming up in March in my hometown of San Antonio. You've got golf and sales in April. Will you please give us your spiel of where if people want to interact with Larry Long Jr. in real life, how can they do that? Oh, wow. Oh, you called it out. I love it. I'm a big time golfer. Going to be in Austin in uh, April for golf and sales, the 18th through the 22nd with good old Scott Lees, Mike Simmons, Jeff Bajor. Uh, We're going to be masterminding, lifting up our uh, sales knowledge, leadership knowledge, personal development all around the golf experience. In March, I'm investing in myself going to San Antonio for the National Speakers Association Winter Workshop, Thrive Winter Workshop. And uh, once again, the power of proximity to be around 300 plus other professional speakers that are at all levels, Hall of Famers, uh, experienced veterans, newbies. I just hit my first full year, so I'm in learning mode. I'm always looking to learn and grow and cultivate relationships. But really, if folks want to interact with me every Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern, I go live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook for my midweek, midday motivational minute. If you're looking for a, a, a little sprinkle of positivity every Wednesday, I just wrapped up episode 144. It's hard to imagine, but uh, I'm just truly blessed. We've got a great community there feel free to drop on by. Amazing. We'll make sure to include all of those in the show notes so you guys can know how to get in touch with not just Larry, but how to see those events. Those are amazing. Okay, you ready for the final question, Larry? I am. If you were to describe sales in one word, what one word would that be? Care. Sales equals care. It's all about your perspective. And I think we're all in selling. And to do it right, you have to care about something other than yourself. Teachers, they're selling. Doctors and nurses, they're selling. If you're in any kind of relationship, you're selling. An interview, my definition of sales is twofold. Number one, it's a transfer of energy. And you don't have to have off-the-wall energy like me. In the words of the great philosopher, J.J. Walker, people say, hey, Larry, your energy is Dynamite. <laughs> hey, you don't have to have that kind of energy, but you better have your own gumption. You better have your own juice. The juice better be loose because people don't have time for that BS. They know whether you believe in your solution, that, that, that you can solve their problems and add value. The second one, and I don't know if you know Patty Stanger, but she's yes, a I do. from Million, yeah, yeah, yeah. Million Dollar Match Yes. Maker. We're playing match. I'm glad that you know it. Most people don't know it. I guess I'm the only one who watches Bravo. Uh, don't tell nobody. I'm a Bravo-holic. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. Okay, what's the connection? Dig deeper. We're, we're, we're playing matchmaker. Yep. We're matching yep. our product, our solution, our thoughts, our ideas, whatever we have with what whatever someone else, their wants, their needs, their desires, their problems, their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations. Selling. Selling is caring. Selling is supporting. It's helping someone else 
And if you're a me monster, you're going to have a tough time being successful in sales for the long term. You might be able to slide on by, but once people understand what you're about, me, 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 good luck. If you're a you monster, and as Bob Burke calls it, a go-giver, you're going to have a ton of continued success in your sales career. Here. Larry, you're like my kindred spirit. Oh my gosh. Well, this has just been an absolute blast. Larry, I'm going to talk to Andy Cohen, see how we can get you on Bravo, do your own show. I think that's, I think that's what's next for Larry. But Larry, <laughs> thank you so much for everything, your time, your insight for what you give back to the community. You're an inspiration. I just can't thank you enough. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Karina. Keep shining bright. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Reveal. If you want more resources on how revenue intelligence can help you create high-performing sales teams, head on over to gong.io. And if you like what you heard, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may listen.